Hey everybody, welcome back to Bacon Wire. I don't have a great opening because uh, I'm just not quick-witted like good old SD. Um, Carter and I are are manning the pod until until our, our partner comes on. Uh, he's running late. Sources said he uh, had a big dump in his pants. So we're just trying to, you know, man the ship while he gets himself cleaned up. Um, that's really vulgar, so I apologize. I regretted saying that as soon as, <laughs> as, soon as it came out of my mouth. Um, so we're going to talk, uh, hoops and SD will probably join us any minute. Um, we beat Maryland on Sunday. Uh, we were up 20 points at half. I think we we're up 46 to 26. Yep. And then we won 77 to 67, right? That is correct. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I got a little hairy. Maryland pretty much cut it to single digits within the first four or five minutes of the second half got it to within three and then Michigan state responded well enough and did enough to put them away. Um, I'm still not feeling too up about this team. I think there's just too many, there's too many volatile situations. Like Gabe Brown started out pretty decent. He had a couple shots. Um, I've never been a fan of Marcus Bingham taking all those deep threes, but it worked, you know, they were up what 18 to one. Yeah. And, you know, that's not going to happen again. And we're going to talk about it more because we play Maryland uh, tomorrow night. Well, when you're listening, it's probably tonight. <clears throat> 6 p.m. Big Ten Network. Right. Yeah, it's got to be Big Ten Network. And uh, we're a two and a half point favorite. Uh, so yeah, BTN. Yeah, BTN. Great with that horrible score bug. Um, so. I'm going to, Carter, why don't you talk about Sunday? Cause you were there, you got to see your family, your, your partners, your brothers uh, get sent off as seniors and just see the team have a, have a nice win after what we went through with the Ohio state game and the Michigan game. It was, it's always nice to, to end the regular season on a high note and gets a little tiny bit of momentum heading into an immediate rematch. Yeah, so I was in the lower is zone. I think I sent you guys a couple of the pictures that I yep. love of where I was sitting. Yeah, it was really cool to see them play with all that energy, that intensity uh, in the first half. Yeah, it did. We did lose the lead a little bit. Get It went down to three, and I got a little bit nervous. But then that was a game that the senior captains took over, which we kind of wanted them to do, you know, this whole year. Right. Gabe Brown hit a clutch layup, and then he hit the step back three that put him back up uh, to eight. And Malik Hall was making things happen too. Bingham was hitting threes. I I have this um, really like bad um, tendency to to get excited whenever they just win a singular game and to think, oh yeah, we're back. It's time to go on a Final Four run. So I was feeling pretty good about beating Maryland. Um, and then I saw that we're playing them again, and I know that you know they beat us last year in that big 10 tournament game. It was just so ugly to watch. Um, I didn't, but, watch I, the game, but I remember it from what you guys are saying on Twitter. It was like a ref show. It was, it was. And that's what Maryland is, is their ref show. And they were trying to do it again on Sunday. And I don't have respect for that program. So that was the whole thing. Um, I was there for the senior day festivities uh, that happened after the game. They honored Michael Peterson, Joey Hauser, Gabe Brown, and Marcus Bingham. I will go on the record and say I don't expect any of them to come back, even though they could each use that extra year of eligibility that they all have. I believe Joey Hauser has two because of uh, sitting out, but uh, I don't expect him to come back either. If any of them came back, I think it would be him. Um, but Izzo said during when he was addressing the crowd, he said, we're not dead yet. So that makes me think, you know, does he have something planned? You know, how how far can he get this team uh, in March? They're not a great team. They're just – that's the truth is they're really just not. But, I mean, it is March. It is Tom Izzo. He knows what he's doing this time of year, uh, putting together runs, getting his team to play to the best of their abilities. You know, he just pushes all the right buttons this time of year when it matters. So I'm wondering if he's going to do it again. Um, and if not, I don't know if I, I'm going to say, you know, the magic's run out or whatever. Right. Uh, but I will say, you know, it is, would be kind of disappointing outside of 
the 2019 final four run to not, you know, make runs in the tournament like usual. Yeah. I mean, for a while he was averaging a final four every three years. Um, mm. And, you know, this is year three. Well, no, actually it would be year two. Cause you know, you can't count 2020 unfortunately, but I'm optimistic for them to win tomorrow. I would love, okay. So if they win tomorrow, they play Wisconsin, right? Yeah. I kind of like that draw. I mean, they beat them in Madison and they played close after a slow start uh, at home with them. Yeah. And Maryland, I mean, Wisconsin is probably the more talented team. I, I probably shouldn't say probably they are the more talented team, but Michigan state can match up with Wisconsin. I think they have the size. I think they have the offensive ability. Um, so I would kind of like that draw compared to a Purdue who would probably beat Michigan State a second time around. Or Illinois. Or Illinois, who has beat Michigan State both times. Yes, both were close, but I don't think that they'd I don't think that they'd win. Right. Uh, Rutgers would also have, would have been a favorable draw because they're in that they're that fourth team. <laughs> and I know that they beat them real bad uh at the rack, but I, that's that's I'd another team I feel like they um, I would. I would I would like it too. Yeah. Um um, is jo- Johnny Davis is probably going to play. So I don't think we're going to play that game on here of, you know, if they, ha- if he's not playing, they have a shot. I think he's going to play. It sounds like he is. Um, I didn't see what happened, but you know, I, um, I, I heard it was like a dirty hit. Oh. So, you know, hope he's okay. You know, I always like to beat teams at their, at their strongest, mm-hmm. so, you know, and we beat them with Johnny Davis. So I'm not really that worried. Um. Oh, here, here's our golden. Song. Oh, where's this guy been? This fucking hey, guy. I've had a few beers at dinner, so I'm coming in a little loosey goosey. Where are we yeah. at? What's we're, the deal? we're talking. We're talking a combination of the Maryland win and the game tomorrow, and um, our thoughts on if we win, how we would feel against Wisconsin. Oh, perfect. Um. So you know what Sunday reminded me of, gentlemen. Um, it, it, and you know, like I could do the lazy thing that, that people in, in the MSU sphere kind of do and compare this to football. Like I could call Sunday the 2017 season or whatever, but I'm actually going to hit you. I'm actually going to hit you fellas where you live and give you a real life kind of parallel. All right. Sunday, Sunday reminded me of, and I, you know, I can't speak for everybody, but I'm, I've had this experience where you feel like your partner is just kind of like growing distant, right? So you feel like you guys are growing apart, like you kind of feel like you're at the end, but like you don't want to like rip the Band-Aid off because there might be something salvageable there. So, you know, you start putting in more effort, you buy her flowers, you eat her pussy, you do all this stuff that you do all this stuff to put in more effort to think that she would stay. And she just ends up leaving you for a guy named Chad anyways. So that's what Sunday reminded me of is this team put in so much effort, looked so good, looked like the best possible, looked like the best possible combination of this team, but it's all smoke and mirrors. It's all mirage. Even if we do win tomorrow, uh, with, I don't think we're beating a Wisconsin team that's that's going to be pissed off and and gonna and gonna and gonna come out looking for something to prove. Oh, I'm gonna ask why you said they'd be pissed off, and then I realized they lost on Sunday. Never mind. But it, you know, I just don't like. I just I don't know. Like fool me once, shame on you. Right, I don't think this says anything about this MSU basketball team. They are who they are. They're going to turn the ball over a lot. Tyson Walker is going to be afraid to shoot the ball. Gabe Brown's going to stand in the corner like a scarecrow. Max Christie is going to get his knees ground into dust, guarding the best defender on the other team for 36 minutes. And we're going to lose by 8-16 to 16 because that's just what this team is this year. And putting any thought into it otherwise, like, just, like, I'm going to, if you, if you come up to me on Twitter 
and say, SD, I think this team is capable of more than you're giving them credit for, I will give you rehab recommendations because you are smoking fucking crack. You are broken, my friend. This team's done a number on you, huh? There's a, there's a difference between Lucas sitting here <clears throat> Memorial Day weekend and saying MSU football could win nine games and going oh. he, and, and saying here <laughs> and saying here in March 9th, this team is capable of a deep run in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. I mean, that was a mix of homerism and optimism, you know, but it would whatever. just be pure cope. It would be pure cope. Yeah. If you're going to sit here and you watch this MSU basketball season and you thought that the outcome was going to be anything different than maybe we went tomorrow and lose to Maryland respect and lose to Wisconsin respectively Friday. Right. And then maybe we won an eight, nine matchup and then just get ethered by Gonzaga or Auburn or Auburn. Oof. Uh you know, it's just like it's I like Sunday was fun, and I'm glad that Bingham and Hauser, and to a lesser extent, Gabe Brown got to go out that way. <laughs> but they still almost blew the fucking game. Yeah, I mean. I honestly thought when they cut to three, I thought, okay, this this is not going to end well. That's that not really they, bad. But but then they responded well enough. Like, uh, yeah, Gabe hit that three. I think Malik had a nice basket to make it five points, and then Gabe hit the three to make it eight points. <clears throat> and then they uh, then they kind of not cruise, but they they kept it far enough to be okay, right? I mean, my. I think I'm feeling – I think I'm right in that stance because I did watch the whole game. After – yeah, after Maryland cut it to three, Michigan State pretty much grabbed the lead and took control of that game towards the end. And it was sealed, and it was sealed by Stephen Izzo <laughs> ripping their starting power forward, stealing the ball and dribbling it out. That was maybe the highlight. I think I, everyone I loved, in this place lost their minds. Oh, dude, I love seeing Stephen steal that ball and, like – Go it goes out of bounds right by his dad. His dad's trying so hard not to be like, I am so proud of you right now. Like he's trying so hard to be like, but you could see like the emotion in his face. And obviously, for more reasons that you know, Izzo did beat or take over Bobby Knight as the winningest coach in Big Ten history. And we we have our issues with how things are going with Izzo, but that's still an incredible moment. And He's the GOAT of Big Ten basketball. I think there's no disputing that now. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, it's kind of – and, like, I feel like – and, you know, before the Maryland game, CBS was broadcasting the Missouri Valley Championship uh, with Loyola, Chicago, and Drake. And I was watching that game, and I was watching Drew Valentine coach, and I was watching how Mm -hmm. hard those guys were playing. And I tolerated Sister Jean, uh, but just if if there's proof positive, you know I'm an atheist. But if there's proof that God exists, Sister Jean, like not dying of COVID, has to be like Exhibit A. Jesus, because that woman, that woman is fucking. That woman went to the same daycare school as fucking Adolf Hitler. And she's still fucking bouncing around in her fucking wheelchair, just giving the thumbs up. She is tough, man. She looks like the old lady. She looks like the chocolate lady from SpongeBob. The episode where SpongeBob and Patrick are selling chocolates. I remember remember chocolates. I, uh, I never watched Spongebob, and I'm sorry to uh, Lewis Johnson for Sponge. saying that. But, um, yeah, yeah. Shout out, Lewis, uh, for that one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm at the point where I want two more wins, and I, I think we're going to win tomorrow. I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be right at the line where we may be covered by, three or, by a total of three or four points. 
And um, it's going to be one of those just horrible close games, like a ref show like last year. But I think we can pull it out as long as Eric Ayala gets a job, um, you know, seek employment if you're listening. And there are plenty of awesome marketing firms in Indianapolis. Just maybe go just drop off your resume there in between shooter rounds. There, there's 11.8 million jobs open. So, I mean, the, the opportunities are out there. And Yeah, Kim Kardashian said it best today in Vogue. No one wants to work anymore. Oh, Just look no further than Eric Ayala, Fred Frazier, Brad Davison, oh. Jordan That's... Bohannon. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, there's another one. Um, oh, whatever. Um if, if Nelson Rockefeller saw these guys not pulling themselves up by their bootstraps, <laughs> Nelson Rockefeller is in hell. And his punishment in hell for being a wealth hoarding capitalist is watching these six-year Big Ten guys still <laughs> get shine. He's, he's in the fucking clockwork orange thing where his eyes are like yeah. fried open. And he's forced to watch fucking 26-year-olds cross up cross up 18-year-olds. He's forced to watch Brad Davison on loop. Yeah, he's forced to watch Brad Davison and fucking Buddy Bayheim. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck that guy. I cannot stand Buddy Bayheim. Yeah, he just got suspended today because he yeah. clocked a Florida State player when they were up by like 40. And I love I loved uh, Jim Bay. I was watching it at work. Um, I was working, but moral authority on on uh, moral authority, Jim Bayhan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let, let's talk to him about about moral authority, and especially this fucking son. He should just shut up. But like he goes, oh, he was he was pushing him around. You know, buddy, just 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 hit him back. You know, they were shoving each other. You know, you can't just get away with that shit. I'm like, dude, he punched him in the fucking stomach. And he looked back. <laughs> also, uh, also, uh, Buddy Bayheim also came out and said, "Yeah, I punched him," <laughs> and said he in a, in, a, in an apology statement. I'm surprised you didn't make it. Uh, and that'll be a, a home run to left field. And uh, Castellanos. Well, oh, he's suspended. Someone, someone someday is going to actually do it. I hope so. In a serious apology, they will say. Something along the lines of the cost. I'm surprised Annie didn't do it. I'm honestly like, if anyone was going to do oh, it, my yeah. money was going to be on Annie. Whew. Yeah, that's true. Still, still a chance. She's getting dragged by every every NFL fan base, it seems. Um, but convenient that they're suspending him against Duke. Yep. It's just coincidence. You know, I mean, Duke. They're, they're I mean, Duke didn't need um, Buddy Beheim to get suspended to win no. that game. Uh, they fucking beat the doors. They fucking blew the doors off Syracuse when they played in the Carrier Dome earlier this season yeah. with Buddy Bayheim. Oh yeah, it's, it's just kind of like the it's kind of like giving Steph Curry the tech on top of suspending Draymond, kind of <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing. I mean, I'm of the opinion coming into March Madness that Duke will get every favorable call. Yeah. Um, that's going to be my ultimate conspiracy theory is that Coach K is going to win a national championship, walk off into the sunset, and it's going to be full of calls that went their way. I pray to God that, like, someone knocks them off. But, like, if more than five block charges are called on Duke the entire NCAA tournament, I will donate $250 to their student general scholarship fund. Wow. Very brave of you. Stunning and brave. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think we're going to win tomorrow. I think we're going to lose on Friday. I hope it's a close loss, you know, something respectable. Don't get blown out. And then I think we're going to – I just have this feeling that we're going to play Davidson. I could I, definitely see us getting that draw. Just I have for, a feeling know, we're going to play them. We're going to be the eighth seed, and they're going to be a nine seed. And I'd fully expect them and to win. Foster Lawyer yeah. is going to cook these guys. I think we're going to Foster win. Lawyer. Foster Lawyer is going to go for thirty. He's and we could we in. could win the game by sixteen, but Foster Lawyer is going to go for thirty, and it's yeah. going to be a failure because we have to listen to stupid assholves <laughs> uh, on Twitter. Fucking go, super fuck the lawyer. 
<laughs> Northwestern just took the lead on Nebraska. I love yep. tournament time. These women having a mid-off. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, two years ago this night, we were all obsessed with how uh, Fred Hoiberg looked like he was about to die on the bench. That was so – that was – that was the weirdest night. Yeah, he's just my sitting there like this. And everyone's like, oh, my God, what's wrong with Fred Hoiberg? I'm like, uh, he's he had a cold. Yeah. <laughs> like, is that uh, – okay. And then, yeah, like, the next that day. That was back – that was back when everyone thought COVID was, like, flesh-eating bacteria. Yeah. And, well, yeah, and then it was also – this is also the two-year anniversary of when Rudy Gobert touched all the microphones and shit. And then the next – Either that night, it was that night, the end yeah. of the season. <laughs> yep. They canceled that game between the Jazz and Thunder. I remember that. They pulled everybody out. Yeah, everyone was in the arena, and they're like, hey, you got to go. Yeah. It it reminded me, and I'm not trying to make fun of COVID. You know, I I had it. You know, Cassie went through it, and I'm like, but the just looking back on the way that, like, they handled that reminded me of South Park. Um, when Not global out. warming is coming, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. they're like, ah! and he just gets up and looks around. <laughs> yeah. Shout out, uh, shout out to our friend Disney Champs Co Med. <laughs> I'm having PTSD right now. Ryan Young is absolutely taking this Nebraska big man to school, you know, similarly to how he did Ryan Young, Marvel. Ryan Young, underrated, um, underrated job guy, yeah. <laughs> Just about to say that, get a job. Underrated um, job guy. So my favorite bit I've created. That's my prediction. We're gonna win tomorrow, lose Friday. We're gonna win our first. I'm, I bet we'll get a Thursday game. We're not worthy of a Friday game. Um, I mean, I hope so. But we're gonna lose our. We're gonna win our first round game against Davidson. Fosterler is gonna go for twenty six points, and then we're gonna get boat raced by Gonzaga or or uh, Auburn. One of those two. That's yeah, my prediction. And whatever. We have any sooner more? the season's over with the quicker. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. I'm, I'm ready to uh move along. Well, and what sucks is like two months ago, we were all like, hey, I was looking two months ago, I was looking at flights to New Orleans. I know. <laughs> I'm like, shit, this might be pretty good season. And then all of a sudden, like we the car and I said before <laughs> the pod thought it was going to be a hit turns out, turns out it fucking sucks <laughs> um anyway i still like i said sophomore max christie is just stuck in my head stuck in my head it's gonna sophomore be- max christie junior aj hogard uh, who hey, is Nakins. gonna get the who's gonna get the uh who's gonna get the reins and Amani Bates. Sophomore, sophomore wow. Jay Nakins. Yeah, Amani Bates coming out of the portal. He's going to say <laughs> No, he's not, but I just have to say it. <clears throat> that's, 50 that's Marcus also, Bingham. Can we talk about that real quick? How fucking amazingly odd it is that, you know, June 2020, we were all jizzing ourselves that we got Amani Bates. And then a year later, he decommits, and we're all like, get the fuck, you know, get out. Get in the hell out. You can get in the hell out. And then, like, he goes to Memphis and there's all this hype and they are just dog shit with him. And then the second he's gone, they're probably in the tournament. Yep. Yeah, it's it's almost <laughs> like it, it's almost like peeing is easier when you get rid of kidney stones. <laughs> that's a hell of an... That's a I, would, I would call him a tumor, but... Uh, yeah, we're not going to do that. Yeah. Uh, a tumor would a tumor would indicate seriousness, and I don't think Amani Bates has been serious about anything. I, I have this really weird thing thought in my head, like just watch him go to Michigan or something, like because he can't, you know, he can't go to the G, he can't go to the G League yet. Like just watch him go to Michigan or something. Just that would like, be that would be the ultimate heel turn. Oh my god! I, I, I will say one thing on the Amani Bates and <laughs> directed more so at Elgin. Nihau. Nihau, Elgin. <laughs> Nihau. Um, we have any more thoughts on our, our hoop boys, our hoopsters? We all we all tapped out. Let's hope for a Tyson Walker led <laughs> run, deep run in the tournament, just but that's that's a pipe dream. 
Yeah. I mean, can Tyson Walker, I mean, he can, he's got what, two more years left or just one more? He's, he's got, got one. one. He's got one more. Yeah. No, it doesn't he does. Oh no. He doesn't get COVID right. Oh no. He was past the COVID eligibility. Yeah. Oh, well, well, we could have a good shot next year. Well, I'm going to keep the optimism up, but um, that's another conversation. Um, let's talk a little bit of, of foosball. Um, Carter, I know you, you have, know a little bit more about it than I do. Maybe. I mean, I, I know we got a commit as Graham couch likes to troll and call them pledges. Um, it's a commit from uh, as a fraternity man. I take umbrage with that. Um, <laughs> with that. Uh, we got a, uh, a big fella. We got a lineman six, three, 300 pound beast. Um, Brian green out of uh, Washington state. Right. Yeah. He transferred. Yep. Um, do you know, like fill me in on it. Uh, if you know more than I do, go for it. Well, um, he committed while I was, uh, having a little trip. So I didn't get a chance to really do any deep diving or anything like that, but I did see that he, uh, is a grad transfer from Washington state. He was on the Remington award watch list, which is the, uh, award for best center in the nation. He is a versatile guy. Really, to me, it seems like he's going to be an interior lineman. Um, they have Nick Samak playing center already, so I don't think it's an immediate necessity that he plays center. But he does have more experience than Samak does, so it is quite possible that uh, Samak ends up backing him up. Uh, I guess we'll just have to see what happens in camp. I mean, I think that the offensive line is the uh, biggest concern with this team. You know, it wasn't a great offensive line last year, uh, even as experienced as they were. Kenneth Walker is gone, who, as they called him, the eraser, because he erased a lot of issues with the offensive line. Um, I think the run game will still be fine with Bruce Sardenberger, but obviously not to the Kenneth Walker extent. Uh, but I'm glad that adding Brian Green is uh, something that we did because it adds at least, at the very least, with this move, it's a depth move. Uh, because whether or not he starts at center or starts at one of the guard spots, um, it either he starts with a lot of experience and he's pretty good, um, or he is a backup piece. Um, I I think that going into the year we'll have Jarrett Horst at left tackle. Duplain will probably be the right the left guard. I think you can keep Samac at that center spot. I think Green can be the right guard, and then he. I think the right tackle is where they have to figure things out because I'm not completely confident in Spencer Brown as the starting right tackle. But then again, you know, I think he's shown enough that he can last. Um, but yeah, they need to find, they need to find somebody who can play right tackle in the portal. And then I will feel a lot better about uh, the offensive line and the run game because I like what I've seen from cap so far. I like what he's done with the development uh, with these guys, with the run game, with the offensive line. So it's it's a good move. At the very least, it's a good depth move. Also, uh, he follows uh, Marjorie Taylor Green on Twitter, so I'm sold. Oh, we're we're solid then. Yep, sold. I I don't I I didn't need to watch a lick of film. I already know he's going to do just fine here. That's you know how film. you know how uh, you know how Tucker <laughs> has the uh, the ten play rule. All you do is watch ten plays of a guy. <clears throat> And, yeah. it, and you can see it immediately. Didn't even have to just scroll Didn't through who we follow. Scroll through the followers list. Yeah, that's the first requirement. That, that's us going to the lab. Is just checking their Twitter Twitter follows. Yeah, uh, yeah more depth in the line. That's all I really have to add. Big boy, Maga trenches, bringing them back. I'm excited. I'm really excited for that. After an e- after an illegitimate election. Uh, got some non-mega, uh, got some non-mega linemen in there. We're finally, uh, we're finally storming uh, Scandalaris and getting, and getting our, and taking our trenches back. We're making the, sh- we're making the offensive line great again. M-O-L-G, Molga. Molga. Isn't it how, isn't it, uh, isn't it great how we're, we're talking about football when Michigan State's playing a tournament game tomorrow? <laughs> Football's yeah. a 12 football at Michigan State is now a 12 month season. Yep. Yeah. It has been it has been to sick freaks like me all the time, but now for everybody. Oh, I'm, all the time. oh buddy, I'm I'm a football fan first. I love Tom Izzo. I love basketball, yeah. but 
you have no idea what I would do for an MSU national title. Yep. It just you can't fake you can't fake passion like that. So I swear to God, yeah, you can't. Like you, that's going to be an incredible moment. Um, uh, let's see. Is there any other football news? I feel, I feel like I'm missing something. Uh, yeah, the NFL. Uh, yeah, not in NFL. college, but the NFL. Yeah, we could talk NFL. Yeah, I was going to say the we, NFL. The NFL is NFLing again, folks. Big time. That is a 12 month sport too. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. So on International Women's Day, Aaron Rodgers decides to announce his. Uh, four year, he says it's not going to be, but let's be honest, it is $200 million extension with really the Packers, like what, 158 million guaranteed or something crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you know, uh, <laughs> he probably got pissed because I think what four or five hours later, Russell Wilson gets traded to the uh Denver Broncos for what five picks, three five picks, picks, three five players. Picks. Three players. Drew Lock. Uh, my cat's meowing at me. Uh that's God damn, I'm telling him to be quiet. <laughs> he hears me talking. Um so yeah, and then today, you know, well, what's funny is the Washington Commanders are basically like calling every team and are like, hey, just put it out there. Patrick Mahomes, what would it take? <laughs> Click. Hello? Um, because people are seeing what the Rams did. I'm not saying the Rams are innovators by any means. They are not, but they want to capture that lightning in a bottle. And, you know, the Denver Broncos have a shot with Russell Wilson. I think Wilson's a fine quarterback. Do I think he's incredible? No, but I think he's good enough to, to, to get one more ring out of him. I really do. Um, it's just funny that they did this trade this year. Like Vic Fangio had no quarterback to work with, and <laughs> the new guy gets a new one. Here, here are my thoughts. Yeah. Uh, if I'm Detroit and I'm Brad Holmes, I go, okay, let's let's call, let's call a team, let's call let's call Houston, and let's offer them both our 2023 picks, and uh and golf for uh for redacted and just kind of hope that the legal shit kind of kind of works itself out probably going to because if because honestly like fuck morality all right i don't give a fuck i really don't care i i i want the detroit lions to win games okay so if if we're de- if that horny motherfucker is is gonna get us, if that booty popping, that booty popping asshole is gonna get us a chance, get us a chance to go deep in the playoffs, then why the fuck not? Honestly, that'd be kind of awesome to watch him with the Lions, with the Sun God, <coughs> fucking uh, that receiver from North Dakota State, HTE's hyping up. I uh, don't know his name off the top of my head. Christian Watson. Uh, Christian Watson, thank you. Very good. That's gonna be that's gonna be that's gonna be a force to be reckoned with, you know. Uh but we're, oh, no, we're gonna have gonna... to do we'll put him, Carter. This is gonna be a joke for you. We'll put him through RVSM. Uh, you know, we'll do the ref- or do the RVSM introductory and refresher courses with him. Uh just you know, let's do it. Let's do it and be legends, right? Like, because if you wait until the legal situation sorts itself out, then you're in the hottest market in football. If you do it, if you do it right now and roll the dice, then then you're gonna be a fucking legend. You, you know, it's like uh, the the lovely Mike Dumas who like comes out and says one year five million dollars for Von Miller, who says no. Miller's going to get way more than that. <clears throat> I know Von Miller says no. Um, yeah. And I was going to make a joke. Like, you know, the commanders went down the list, you know, Bill Holmes, I'm sure they called, you know, about Jimmy G or something. And then they landed on the Colts because uh, they just traded for uh, Carson Wentz today, which is hilarious in my opinion. I mean, this guy was worshipped, what, five years ago? 
You know, he was an MVP yeah. before he got hurt. And then it's just like nothing has worked out ever since. And it, he wasn't like horrible with the Colts. He was 27 touchdowns, which is low, but it could be worse. And he only had seven picks. And, but like some of his interceptions were bad. Like that was the best part. Seeing the highlight videos, like, man, these are really fucking awful. Remember, he had one against the Rams where it was like a shovel pass, and it just went into the linebacker's arms. Like, oh shit, I got it. Um, like he had one times. of those. What? What's that? Um, oh, I'm sorry. He he had one of those against the uh, Titans where he yeah. was getting rushed in the end zone, and he just he was going down. He just flips it, and it gets grabbed and picked off for six. Yeah, Stafford did that too. So he's uh, he's an elite company. Um, like. And I just, I found it funny, like Mina Kimes did, she, did you see what she posted about it? Yeah, the meme where like the horse is like really well <laughs> the horse drawn, it was like, and then as it uh, progresses, it gets worse. Yeah, like the good, the, the, the ass and the best part, <laughs> Washington calls to ask for Patrick Mahomes' middle part, Washington calls and offers for Russell Wilson, Seattle says no. <laughs> the really shitty part, Carson Wentz. Trade for Carson Wentz, you don't even get a first back when that's what, when that's what the Colts offer or what they what they gave up for Carson Wentz that's just amazing like how they gave up on him after one season like that's that's unbelievable um and then I, I have a prediction Jimmy G's going the Colts they that won him who, last year I think it's going to happen yeah that, that is who they have turned their attention to is uh is Jimmy Garoppolo so well, it's, I don't know I, I I don't know if Jimmy G is going to move now I I think Ooh, I, I think, think he is they, I think the Jimmy G move was contingent on, on Rodgers. And I don't know. I don't know if Shannon I, – I think Trey Lance is him. And is. it would probably – and it's kind of like an Alex Smith um, Mahomes situation in, in San Francisco right now. Um, but, uh, you know, to kind of to recap all the moves, um, as a Lions fan um, – it's very funny that the uh, Packers passed up on the receivers they did to draft Jordan Love. <laughs> That's hilarious. And he's he's going to get traded probably. Jimmy well, he sucks. Jordan yeah. Love sucks. Yes, he does. And what's really funny is he looked incredible against MSU in 2018 against what turned out to be a pretty solid defense. Like yeah, he, and Utah State that year was really good. I mean, I don't remember most of the game. I remember trying to fight an old man who was a Utah State fan, but like, I remember watching it on Big Ten Network. Like, shit, this dude was really fucking awesome. And yeah, it's it's too bad for him, but yeah, he sucks. Like, and then he played he played the Chiefs game right when Rodgers was out with COVID. That's yeah. a tough. That's a tough play. That's a really tough environment to go into. That's a, but no, even he didn't in, play well. Even in garbage time, the last week of the season against the Lions, he, he looked bad. fucking awful. He he had one good series in that game against the Lions, but like after that, he was just trash. Like they were winning, and then he just blew the game for him. And, and you know they were like, "Oh, it's not a big deal," but you could tell they were pissed. You could that Silent was so fucking mad that he blew that game. I have no idea why they drafted him. I think it was supposed to be like insurance or he was supposed to learn under Rogers for a couple of years, but the guy's not good. I wouldn't be surprised if Rogers doesn't teach him shit. Like, hey, but he hasn't. Cause remember he was pissed about the fact that, that yeah. they drafted him. Like Brett Favre said, I'm not going to teach Aaron Rodgers anything. He did. I have a, I have a comeback of the year candidate real quick. Um, an early comeback of the year, uh, handheld camphors, uh, because, not only is does Chet Holmgren's dad like record games on handheld camcorders, <laughs> uh, MSU basketball just posted like travel photos, and in one of them, Davis Smith is like recording on a, on a handheld camcorder. Document and stuff, huh? I've got one of my cross. Physical physical media is back, folks. I can't wait for the razor to come back. Like the old school razor, like no one's gonna use like nice camera phones anymore. They're gonna be texting with the with the number keyboard again. It's gonna be great. Vinyl. Who's back, of the, who's back of the week? Blackberry. Yeah, who's back of the week? Physical media. Vinyl. 
Criterion, Criterion Blu-rays, camcorders. <laughs> Let's bring back Fatback TVs. Yes, I love Fatback CRT, TVs. CRT monitors, baby. Yes, big sir. ass ones that like if they fell on you, they probably kill you if you went in the yep. right spot. Um, yeah, like like these, these arcade games. They're vintage. Yeah, they're arcade, back. arcade cabinets. Yeah, like. Bring, yeah, I'd, I'd love it. <laughs> World Wars, just all the old shit. Everything oh. old is new again. Oh my god! <laughs> World Wars, uh, racism. Well, racism never really went away. <laughs> uh, we're oh man, I had it in my head. You know, let's bring back the handheld uh, portable phone in every house. You know, I don't have yeah. a landline. Let's bring that back. Landline. Like Drew Barrymore on screen. <laughs> Yeah, I, I miss that. You know, that thing was heavy. You could, if someone was breaking the house, you could probably hurt them pretty bad with it. Let's bring that shit back. Let's just get, let's just go full 80s again. Okay. You guys were born in the 80s, but I was. Uh, what else was popular in the 80s? Uh, cocaine. Uh, a throat goat first lady. That uh... <laughs> still blows my mind. Like, uh... I don't don't want to get that too far down that rabbit hole, but Ronald Ronald calling her mommy makes a lot more sense now, <laughs> especially in his voice. Uh, mommy, uh, mommy. <laughs> uh, do you think Mr. T just fucking just just deep dicked her? Oh, Ronald Reagan was just watching from the closet. <laughs> anyway, your favorite or- Michigan State sports podcast. <laughs> All those family, all those family first conservatives, they're just they love to be cucked. I mean, just straight up. So I am watching Euphoria, Spartan Dog. Um, I'm about to get to the episode with the play. So that's a banger. Yeah. That episode's a banger. Carter, it's actually a decent show. So if you feel like watching it, give it a shot. I'm not telling you to, but I didn't think I'd like it, but Zendaya is really good. And it's did you movie. watch? Did you watch the specials? No, not yet. Okay. Well, because yeah, especially the Rue special. The Rue special is really good. Okay. Because it's just because it was filmed like during COVID. It was made to like tide people over. Okay. Between and the the Rue special is just Zendaya and Coleman Domingo in a diner. Hmm. Just to, like it's like my dinner with Andre. Interesting. It's okay. very good. Um, the Jules one, the Jules special is pretty solid too, uh, but the Rue special is like, is like top tier. Will do. Um, you want to talk Batman? We've all seen it. Yes. Hey guys, <laughs> welcome back to my channel. I'm the Riddler. Today <laughs> we're gonna blow up Gotham Seawall. <laughs> I that love felt like he was like. <laughs> Hey guys, uh, this act of extreme terror is brought to you by NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, uh, I love I loved so much that they were like, oh man, he has over five hundred followers watching him. <laughs> like, dude, that's the thing a cop. That's the thing a cop would be impressed with too. Like a cop would look at Bacon Warrior's Twitter account and go, "My God, <laughs> they're viral." 2,800 followers. Jesus Christ. Where do we start? Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was great. Like, oh, hey guys, um, you know, I'm going to be in jail, but it'd be really great if you guys could just come out tonight and, you know, just start shooting people in the arena. Subscribe great. to my, don't forget to subscribe to my Patreon. <laughs> post all my, I post all my murders early there. <laughs> you get, you get a early access to my next victim. And an extra riddle every month. Um, yeah. What I, I mean, Carter. I know you were like. What did you guys think? Like, Carter, what did you think? You're the one who saw it the most recently. It was a spectacular movie. A lot of times with movies, I will watch them and like, I'll kind of break down what I'm seeing and kind of be like, yeah, okay, this, this, that, and this happened. Um, but with this, I was lost in the plot, just paying attention to everything that was going on you know, completely letting myself flow through the storyline. 
I mean, the the acting, the directing, the pacing, all that stuff was just absolutely top tier. Like, I rarely give movies tens. I can't remember the last time I truly meant that a movie was a ten, but this was to me. I like Lucas. Uh, I, I said after I walked out of the theater on Friday uh, that that this is a better. Um, that the Batman is a better Batman story. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Dark Knight is like the better, is like the better film. Yeah. And I I saw it again. I saw it in IMAX. I've seen it twice too. And and I'm willing, and I'm willing to hold that point. But the more I'm like removed the more I'm removed from that initial viewing experience, the more, the more I let, the more I, I, the more I'm convinced that this is actually, that the Batman is better than the Dark Knight. Really? Yeah, because I, I think there's a few reasons. One, I'm, I'm a massive, um, I'm a massive fan of the Batman comics. Um, like I used um, like I used to be like, I used to like read the trades. Um, I've read all the one-off graphic novels, year yeah. one, return of the dark Knight, long Halloween classic um, hush, all of them. Oof, hush is so good. Um, hush is really good. And, and I think like my two favorites are the long Halloween and year one. And the influence of those of those two are like so so apparent in the Batman, mm-hmm. right? Like especially the Long Halloween with the way with the with the way like the the villain the Riddler and Penguin are kind of designed because if you go and you look at the um, at the art of the Long Halloween, it looks completely different than like if you picked up like that week's Batman comic. Everyone is more, all the villains are more grotesque, right? They're more exaggerated. They're more like, they're ugly, right? And I think that's something this movie nails really well, especially with Riddler and Penguin, um, is they, they're just grotesque, like on the inside and out. I loved Riddler. I loved Paul Dano. I thought he absolutely killed it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and I think we're going to see him again. Um, I don't think that's a hot take. Um, You know, I you know, I knew Robert Pattinson was going to be awesome. You know, I... He looked so natural as Batman. Like, in the full suit, I was like, wow, that that, that fits. I'm excited to see him a little more as, as Bruce Wayne, I think in the future because as he starts to kind of as he starts to kind of adopt the the public Bruce Wayne persona um I think that's gonna be I think he's gonna do a real good job of of kind of of kind of of kind of doing that outward presentation of Bruce Wayne um but but this movie this movie nails perfectly all the things I love about early Batman stories whether it be like a front like the first few issues of a comic where they're kind of resetting the canon or year one or the long halloween even is kind of an earlier kind of takes place earlier in the batman storyline um batman gets his ass kicked his costume's kind of shitty he fails and he has to learn to be better Right. I the now that I've seen the whole movie twice and I've thought about the movie and I've thought about the movie more. One of my favorite scenes scenes in the movie is the first fight he has with those goons, right? When they're oh when they're trying awesome. to beat up the guy. When he right? comes out of the darkness. Yeah, and he says, oh. I'm ven- I am ve- I'm vengeance, right? They're like like the boots hitting the water. Like yeah. I'm like Holy fuck! I wish. And the fight, and the fight wasn't even. The fight was awesome, but that's not even my favorite part. My favorite part was when he scares the goons off, and he looks to the guy, 
the guy on the floor who was like who was being held down by the goons. Right. He looks up at Batman and says, please don't hurt me. Like that's such a perfect, that's such a perfect representation of like, of like an early, of like an early Batman. Right. right? Because they don't, know, they don't know what he's going to do. Right. They don't know who he is. They don't know what he stands for. They don't understand the mission, the crusade he's on. Right. They just think he's some asshole who's beating people up for kicks. And I think that's something that the other early Batman stories don't really um, don't really get right. Like obviously, like the Batman Begins in the '89 Batman movie, kind of kind of get a hold of the fact that like the police want to like get him off the streets. Right. But there's not a good there's not a good like average Gotham citizen look at what how they view bat how how they view the Batman. Right. And this, yeah, I mean, it's really hard for me to say it's better than Dark Knight. I mean, it's like 1A and 1B for me. Um, a lot of things that he did, that Matt Reeves did, stuff that no one did, didn't do or, or wouldn't do. And, you know, what's funny is this one seems just as grounded in realism, but it felt so much more alive at certain parts. And like, like you said, you know, the guy at the beginning, please don't hurt me. And then at the very end, that person he helps get into the uh, the stretcher to lift off of the the garden, you know, is like grabbing his shoulder, like "Don't leave me," you know, like you're my hero. And I'm like, man, that that was pretty fucking great. Like a very small detail to like the average person, but like if you know anything about Batman, that was like, man, that's big. I really enjoyed right. it. Because as because Batman, as most people know him, isn't vengeance. He's justice. Right. Right. So to kind of have him say, I'm vengeance, I think was a nice um, and to have it bite him in the ass when the Riddler goon, when the Riddler goon says it to him, you know, on the catwalk of the garden. Right. Right. To have it kind of backfire on him. And then he realizes I need to be more than vengeance. Like. I need to grow. And I really like that. Because I felt I felt that Bruce Wayne and the Dark Knight and the trilogy grew, but like not as much as I wish he would have. But um, I really, man, I just I can't get over the performances. Like, excuse me, Pattinson was incredible. Um, he has a running start to be the best overall Batman in film history, and. Um, I thought Jeffrey Wright was a really good commissioner Gordon. Like he was kind of like the perfect good cop, bad cop to Batman. And, uh, and Jeffrey Wright is such a phenomenal actor. He's, he's never acted poorly. And Colin Farrell, you could tell he just loved doing that penguin shit. Like, okay, give me a fat suit and a shit ton of makeup. Yeah, I'll fucking do it. Um, which they just approved the HBO spinoff today, by the way. So we're getting, a, we're getting a penguin miniseries. Um, and then uh, I'm. This is where we really delve into spoilers because we really haven't like straight up spoiled the movie. We've we've kind of talked about parts, but I have a really hot take that I that I I really hope happens. Um, and I think Matt Reeves is smart enough to not do this or to do it. I don't think Joker is going to be a main villain in any of his movies. I really don't. I think we've had enough Joker so far. Yeah, you know, and we, we're not even three years removed from Joaquin Phoenix. You know, that movie I have issues with, and Spartanog and I have talked about it. Like, I have issues with it, but it's 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 a, it's a, a hell of a performance. And, you know, and we also still think about Heath Ledger, who's the GOAT. And I think it's Barry Keegan? Barry Keegan, yeah. yeah. I figured it was Keegan. Um, I think he could do really well as Joker, but, like, I think it's pretty clear that the this Joker and this Batman already know each other. That we missed the whole arc of them playing this cat and mouse game, trying to cap try him being captured by Batman. Because there is a scene that's deleted where the Joker is basically taunting Batman while he's talking to the Riddler. So, so that was Joker in the other jail yeah, cell. Hundred percent, it's Joker. Yeah, okay. Matt I thought Reeves it was confirmed. It. No, it's Joker. Okay. Um. Barry Keegan's brother leaked it on Instagram like six months ago. <laughs> he was playing the Joker. 
and like no one believed him. Then all of a sudden, like the movie came out, and Matt Reeves like opening weekend's like, yeah, yeah, it's fucking Joker. Like, yeah, it's Joker. Like, I'm I'm not gonna fuck around with you. And uh, I think a I don't want it to be a rehash of the Dark Knight where you bring out the the big gun and the Joker as the main villain. And B Court of Owls. I want the fucking Court of Owls. I want the fucking Court of Owls. This needs to happen. This is the fucking Court of Owls. This is perfect for Mr. Freeze to show up. And the Joker can the Joker and the Riddler can be like his Hannibal Lecter. Like he can go to them for advice because they're both very brilliant people and they can talk shit to him. Like they can just say, you know, you fucking suck. You're a piece, you know. Slick back hair, piece of shit. And then, like, then Batman goes and does his thing. But, yeah, I want the Court of Owls. I think Matt Reeves is going to do it. And it's time for Mr. Freeze to come back. It is time. I am I really want another Mr. Freeze. And the perfect person to play him, you probably saw the tweet, Spartanog. Yeah, Michael Fassbender. Michael F. Fassbender. The perfect person to play him. Um, One and plus, if anyone's uh, has reservations of Barry Keegan as Joker, uh, go and watch the underrated Yorgos Lanthimos banger, "The Killing of a Sacred Deer." That movie's fucked because he because his performance is so good, mm-hmm. so good in "The Killing of a Sacred Deer." Um, yeah, it also has Colin Farrell in it. Yeah, Colin Farrell. I like I like Colin Farrell more in Killing of a Sacred Deer than I do the Lobster. That's a very hot take of mine. I don't think I ever watched Lobster. Um, but also a banger. I I have uh, Yorgos Lanthimos season tickets. So. <laughs> um, like what? So like, what do you guys want to see out of? I know we can still talk about the movie overall, but I I always love talking sequels for these fucking movies. Like. I want to see what's next with this. And um, like Carter, what, what I, I know you still ra- ra- raving about the movie. Like, are there, or was there anything else that really stood out to you that we just didn't touch on? I, I just, I think I can't point to any specific performance that I thought wasn't good. You know, you can usually find one in a movie where you're like, eh, yeah, that's this guy didn't really do all that well but i think everybody nailed it and i think especially um what was his name he played falcone oh john yeah john Turturro. yeah he played that role so effortlessly it felt so real so yeah i don't i don't know if there was i don't i don't know if there's anything else that you know that i haven't touched on that i can think of but i just overall you know thought it was just an absolutely tremendous movie oh i yeah i mean i for, what was the court of owls about exactly it's basically uh, the Court of Owls is basically Gotham's Illuminati, um, and they and they're basically um, and they basically like make Gotham the way it is for a eugenics type project. Interesting. I could see that. That I think I think he's going that route. Um, but hear me out. Like Shark Tank, Mr. Freeze Pitch, um, the city's all torn to shit, right? Martial on effect. People are looting, stealing. Where's is Victor Freeze running around grabbing uh, the diamonds for his wife or grabbing whatever he needs for his wife? Hey, he's there. I think he exists. I think he's in the universe. So that's just my pitch is that I think it open, it opens the door for so many things obviously but like i don't know i'm i watched batman and robin a couple weeks ago and i just am like fuck i really want another mr freeze so bad not that i hate arnold schwarzenegger but <laughs> i just really want another shot at it like because chris nolan just is too grounded to do it and i think matt reeves could could get away with it if it if it makes sense enough for him i don't know i'm i could i could talk about this movie for another hour or two it's like it's nice to have a movie that lives up to expectations again because like we had no way home and we're all just like hyping it up so much and i'm like please don't suck please don't suck and it didn't suck 
And then here we are, not even, yeah, three months, not even three months later with the Batman. And I'm like, please don't suck. Please don't suck. And then it does. It doesn't Didn't suck. No, did not suck. No. <laughs> um, yeah. Shout out. I think Paul Dano's the MVP of the, of the, of the movie. Like he, absolutely. he's not in it a ton. He's like, he's just a lingering presence. And like, what's so funny is they just made him like a pissed off Twitch streamer. Who probably shout out, shout out to uh, Chris Castellani, but <coughs> if oh, if no. if Paul Dano's the Riddler is is Justin Verlander, then uh, John Torturo's Carmine Falcone is uh, Joel Zamaya. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my god! And then in this scenario, I guess the Penguin is Kenny Rogers. Oh man, that's a throwback! Holy crap! Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I, I just think Dano, like when that scene in the in Arkham where he's like singing Ave Maria and yeah. Batman's just like absolutely melting down, like that is that's uh, as Martin Scorsese says, cinema for real, you know, that, that real. is, and I think, and I and I love the I love the in the in kind of the in movie context now, right? because. Batman goes to Arkham thinking that he's going to be unmasked, right? He thinks that's the end of the line, right? He doesn't conceive there could be anything else. Right. Right. And that's his kind of hubris, right? That, okay, like he wants to unmask me and and like expose me. There can't be anything else happening, right? This has to be the grand finale is unmasking me. And I think that's, and I think that's, and I thought that was really clever too upon my second watch that, you know, when I pieced it together, like he didn't go to Arkham because he thought, because he thought it was over. He went to Arkham to like, to try to, to bargain with Riddler to not be unmasked. Right. So. And, and the way that whole scene was scripted, that was, was laid out, like just the, He's just Bruce like, I, yeah. Wayne. I think Riddler was like, let's see if this guy admits he's Bruce Wayne. Let me see if I can figure this out. I think there's part of him like, maybe this is Bruce Wayne. But I don't know. Maybe I'm giving him a little too much credit. Um, yeah, that was great. Just Bruce Wayne and kept saying it. <laughs> you just zoom in on Batman. He's like, shit, I'm fucked. But um, no, it was, it's an incredible movie. Shout out Michael Giacchino with another banger of a score. Um, shout out, to, shout out to Nirvana too. Yep. <laughs> hey, Nirvana's making a comeback. You know, it's oh, except for Kurt Cobain. Nirvana never left. No, Dave Grohl carried the spirit. Um, well, that's all I got. I don't know about you guys. You guys good? Yeah. 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 Uh, it's something in the way. Something in the way. Um, I hope we don't have to wait three more years for a sequel, but we probably will. If it's quality, quality matters. So I'll wait. I'll wait five. I don't care. I can wait five, but six, seven. I'm like, nope, we got to get the shit out. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's all we got. We'll be talking next week after our boys see how they do in the Big Ten tournament. And, uh, you know, hopefully we at least get one win to talk about. Maybe. Be surprised a little bit, then we'll talk bracketology and uh and any football news. I'm sure something's gonna happen. And uh Carter and I are trying to ramble a, a guest to come on because Spartan Dog won't be with us, right? Next week. Correct. Yeah. Uh he he and his uh his money bags friends are going to Dubai for a wedding, so he's gonna have a have an absolute blast. I'm I'm the white privileged asshole uh Selena <laughs> Kyle was talking about. Oh yeah, uh I'm I have no comment on the uh, the allegations thrown at Christopher Nolan for. Uh, do you hear about what Zoe Kravitz said about Dark Knight Rises? Uh, yeah, the I cast, don't. The yeah, that Catwoman can't beat Ruben. Yeah, the casting director said Catwoman. Well, Zoe Kravitz, Zoe Kravitz denied that herself. She's oh, really? Yeah. Okay. She I'm said like, she didn't even she didn't even audition for, oh. for Catwoman because the role didn't make sense for her. Well, I would have loved her in that role, but whatever. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Go Chris Nolan um, and go Matt Reeves. So, uh, Go Steven. Huh? 
Go Steven. Go Steven. Yes. Uh, we'll end on that note. Steven Deviatri. Um, he's, he is a presence on MSU Twitter and on like MSU Facebook groups. I see him. He's relentless as a fan. And I mean, I'm not joking. His passion is, is greater than any of ours for MSU. I mean, I think that is, that's a fact. And um, he's not doing well. He's, he's called off his hospice care pretty much and signing some, some letters saying, you know, he doesn't want to undergo any treatment or therapy for his, uh, I believe he has uh, leukemia or am I, am I wrong? I'm not sure. sure. I believe. Um, But he does have a couple of illnesses that are um, taking, taking their toll on him. And um, Steven, I know you're probably not going to listen, but maybe someone who does can forward the message to him and and I'll shout him out on our Twitter. Um, We're thinking about you, man. We're rooting for you. And um, you know, hopefully you can be around to, you can be around much longer and uh, keep up the good fight. No, I think, I think the best, I think the strongest thing a person can do is go out on their own terms. Yeah. And yeah. And I, yeah, you know, that that's, he wants to live as he wants to, to finish out his life the way that he wants to. And um, you know, a lot of people don't get to do that. So that that's, that's an admirable thing in its own right for him to just face it and, you know, enjoy it, enjoy the rest of, what he can, what he can enjoy. And I'm not trying to sound, you know, I'm not trying to sound mean or, you know, awkward about it, but it's just, it's tough to think about. Um, but we're rooting for you, Steven, uh, stay strong, you know, go green, uh, fellas, we're, we're, we'll, we're out. We'll talk to you the next week. Uh, while Estes, you know, sipping on high liquor, high end liquors and visiting the furious seven building and all that in Dubai. So, uh, go green. I'm going to uh, reenact the scene in uh, Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol where <laughs> Ethan Hunt climbs the Burj Khalifa. If you if you showed your face to the public, that'd be a great Photoshop. <laughs> like, put your face on Tom Cruise climbing the building. Uh, all right. All right, fellas. Let's go green. Go white. Go white.